Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Yes, it's time for another episode. Scott, let's jump straight into it. We lost in a heartbreaker at Bankwest Stadium last week to the West Tigers, 28-29. to Feels like it's been a long while since we scored five tries in a match. A bit heartbreaking to lose it. Oh, it was very heartbreaking, especially the fight back too. The fight back to get into it and to lose it at the end. I mean, that was the worst part. Yeah, I think that's a common trait of the Bulldogs the last couple of weeks. I give up all hope on them and they give me a reason to believe again. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, they'll ultimately lose the game. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I was crying in the lounge room when that happened. <laughs> the field goal was kicked. Oh, jeez. So West Tigers jumped out to a, a pretty big lead. Dogs uh, crawled their way back and got, in, got into a lead of our own, 28-22, coming into the final stretch of the match. But we go down 29-28 in regulation time. Very upsetting. Five tries, Scotty, we've mentioned it. Nick Meany, Marcelo Montoya, Matt Dury on debut, and what a debut it was. Aidan Tolman, the try-scoring machine. Two more tries than Wigan, uh, sorry, Parramatta's try-scoring freak, Blake Ferguson. And Kieran Holland. Holland kicked four from five conversions as well. The try scoring machine. Love it. He just can't stop scoring at the moment. It's it's a habit, isn't it? I think he's two tries off the two tries off being the leading Bulldog try scorer this year. Correct. He might actually have a trophy at the end of the year. <laughs> Alrighty. How did you see the game, Scotty? Well, like you said, you I mean you had a Tigers first try, and then the Bulldogs respond. And when I saw Jack Hogger make the break, took the line on, ran through and made the break, and then Meany scored, I thought, here we go. And then it was all Tigers, and I thought, oh, God, here we go again. And you just kind of had, I had a thought similar to the, you know, the previous match we versed my Benquist Stadium this year. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is going to be the score line again. But then uh, we came back again. Uh, before half before half times cr- crossing twice and then scoring not too long after half time again with Aiden Tolman and I thought hey we actually might get a win here and the Tigers came back <laughs> to break the heart. All right, we did have some pretty good performances though. I've got jotted down here: Aiden Tolman, thirty nine tackles, sixteen runs for one hundred and eighteen meters. Uh, Nick Meaning ran for two hundred and twenty one meters from only twenty three runs. That is incredible. Um, Kieran Foran. 10 runs for 126 metres, one line break, one line break assist, two tries assist, and 31 tackles. Incredible performance. Jack Conger, seven runs for 58 metres, a try assist, and also 24 tackles. Now, the thing that stood out for me the most, Scotty, from the game was um, the combination of Nick Meany, Kieran Foran, and Jack Conger. It looks lethal. Like, I told you before the, this week that... Last week's podcast, I said it to you and Axel, Cogger is the man. He's our, he should be our number seven. He should have been our seven from a long time ago. And when he took that line on, oh, I just, to celebrate, it was a different It was a different feel. I, we haven't seen a halfback do that for years for us. Not a halfback who yeah. can actually run. Unfortunately, Wakeham hasn't been able to do it, but he does it for Fiji regularly, and he does it now in South Cup side. Lachlan Norris chooses not to run. And when Cogger did it, I, did, I just think the Tigers didn't know what was going on. They saw a seven with who's running the ball. Cla- classic halfback play. Probably we haven't seen it at our club since Brock Morley, perhaps. Trent Hodkinson, uh, he had some knee issues, so yeah. not as much. Um, 
a player that was really good at it, Scotty, I don't know if you saw it, on Tuesday night on the Bulldogs website, the Tuesday treat section highlighted uh, Brent Sherwin halfback. But I watched uh, two and a half minutes of Shifty's highlights and uh, haven't seen a classic halfback play like that for a long time. It reminded I'm, me of Shifty. I knew that you were going to go there. I know <laughs> before we started. Trying to bring him into every episode, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there any players you've got highlighted there that I haven't listed? Yeah, I'm going to highlight Sione Katoa. I mean, his stats don't scream out amazing work because he's, he's played 59. He played for 59 minutes, five runs, 33 meters, 32 tackles. It doesn't scream out amazing work, but I just feel like just the basics he does at hooker, the passing, the service, what doesn't scream out stats, was something that I think he's been really good at. Really been really good at in that game. Uh, Suaso Su again. Um, highlighting him because he only gets limited game time. He only played 29 minutes, nine runs, 82 meters, 24 post-contact meters, a tackle break, and 18 tackles. There's not much. That's it's pretty much what you could ask for someone in 29 minutes as prop. If everything. Uh, and Jerry Marshall King. He just was a very, very provided a lot of impact playing hooker and five five eight in that game, in the halves. Uh, two try assists. Five runs, 55 metres, five tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, and 19 tackles. He just looked dangerous. I think limited game time suited him. And, uh, yeah, got one against his brother. Yeah, um, you highlighted that two hookers there. Sierra Katara, I feel like the more time he gets at the club, he could really develop into one of like, one of the great hookers if he's given the opportunity. Marshall mm. King definitely had a huge impact when he came onto the field as well. You yeah. could probably throw Marshall King into that... Uh, combination I was talking about earlier with Mealy, Cogger, Foran, and King, Marshall mm. King, when they were all going at once, we had the most amount of direction I've seen from the club in a very long time. Yeah, it was just, it was just awesome. I mean, it was just awesome. Like, Katoa didn't have his impact like he has in the last few weeks running our dummy half, but he did all the basic stuff right. Good service, good passing, um, which is what you need from Hooker. That's your 101, and he was doing that really well. And it feels like, for me, someone like Marshall King, when he plays longer minutes, he's, he gets limited to what he does. He does more off less. Is That's for Marshall King. I think he's the... He's the impact. I think he's the perfect bench player. And he can cover in the halves. And when he plays limited, when we've seen him play in the halves in the past, he's more dangerous when he's... If he's covering in the, as an injury, like what he did on the weekend, because he's fresh, fresh-legged. Yeah, when he's fresh, definitely. Yeah, it's not. He's not like a cogger who I felt like you know at the start of the game he took the line on. That's cogger through and through. He just takes the line on when he can. But I just feel like yeah, when he's just fresh, ready to like you know, just cover it. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, he just does his job. So I feel All like right. he's a bench player. Before we move on here, we'll have to give our points for our uh, podcast player of the year award. Uh, who you got, Scott? Well, I'm gonna go one point to Jack Cogger. You already highlighted him. I thought he was enormous. I don't know if the uh, the line break he he uh, did in the game early on just made me inclined or just seeing a halfback played like a halfback made me give him the point. And like, it obviously built, built him confidence as well, doing that so early on in the game. Yeah, and it's just, you know, like he gets a point, I think, because he was in the side. I think he made Kieran Foran play better because he knew Cogger was doing his job. Foreign could do his job, which made Foreign dangerous. You, like you mentioned, I feel like someone having Cogger there actually made Foreign better, which is an enormous rap to say. Like someone is like Kieran Foreign's caliber to have someone who hasn't played as much to make you look, make him look better. Um, 
I just, I just two points. Just, <laughs> no, but I've still got. I really want to say a massive rap. You're so close for getting my two points, but the two points is another man you've already mentioned. It's Nick Meany. What an enormous few weeks for him at fullback. I think he's been outstanding. I think he's been by far our best fullback this season. Well, that's that's not really too difficult, unfortunately. <laughs> but I said by far, not yeah. was. Yeah, he's, still. But I must say, with this, these two combined in the first our first try of the game, uh, I must say, a lot of the NRL... I don't know if you saw the NRL tweet after this. They gave no credit to Jack Hogger. The tweet <laughs> said Nick Meany bursts through and scores a try. No, Nick Meany supports the, uh, the the run by Jack Hogger. It was just both of them. That's what you call classic fullback work in the attack. Yep. Following up your half and your half doing a classic halfback, a half roll. So, bang, there's my two and one point. All right. I agree with you, Scotty. Nick Mealy had a fantastic game. That's why I give him Nick Mealy one point. And because he's on both lists, he gets a fourth point as well for a bonus point, which actually, Scotty, puts him outright first on our podcast Player of the Year Award. Who would have thought that uh, before round one this mm. year? Um, and I've actually got two points to the young debutant, Matt Dury. Uh, the amount of impact that he had on a game in his first game, uh, 54 minutes, 10, I think I might have said this earlier, but 54 minutes, 10 runs for 110 metres, uh, one try and 21 tackles. That is incredible stats for a player on the debut in the second row. Two, yeah, two tackle breaks, absolutely enormous. Another funny thing for Matt Dury, I was listening to Steve John Jarlis, he was actually going to play on Josh Jackson's edge. The original plan was him to come on for Thompson Later in the game, I would imagine around the 30-minute mark when Thompson goes off, usually for an interchange, and push Jackson into the middle and Dury to play Jackson's edge. However, Raymond Fatale and Mariner had the flu leading up to that game. He was cleared with any COVID or anything like that, so he was fine to go. But Raymond was struggling big time. Getting He just he couldn't find his breath or um, the, flu, the flu got the best of Raymond on game day. So Matt had to go on to the opposite side. To what he was been training all week, they had a, a set plan, and then he came on that the opposite side, no training all week, and just did his job, and he did it very, very well. And again, another person very close to get a point. There was actually a few who got really close, and uh, that's probably one of the best debuts. You couldn't ask for a better one. He actually, this is the rap I'll give him, Scotty. He reminded me of a young Josh Jackson. That's enormous. Well, listening to Matt Dury speak this week, he said he was so like thrilled to be playing with people like Josh Jackson and Aidan Tolman, people who looked up to he looked up to him yeah, when he was younger, them, yeah. looking up to him getting younger. Now he's playing alongside uh, Josh Jackson and Aidan Tolman, and Tolman just got on before him, I believe, and then he comes on, and then he's actually playing alongside both of them at the exact same time, like literally. I suppose just to add some. Uh... Bit more legitimacy to that story that you just told, and not that it needs legitimacy. But the team lineup this week, you've seen uh, the way the back row was set up. We'll get into that more when we talk about this week's game. But you can definitely see that plan that you're talking about with uh, Jackson, uh, mm. Thompson, and Dury playing out this weekend. Uh, but before we do, <clears throat> now there was a couple of low lights out of the game, Scotty, the West Tigers game. One was. Uh, that halfback, uh, Luke Brooks kicking a long-range field goal to sink our hearts. The other one was Dylan Lapper. He's been suspended for a game for 
leading with the head into a tackle, something that he's been uh, charged with previously while playing at the Roosters. Um, I'm pretty sure when um, uh, sorry, when Steve Jonjala said "use your head" and get it through, I think Dylan Arpa took it a little bit too literal this uh, week. Uh, poor Drake, but just had Toy me... Story flashbacks then. <laughs> let me get this for you. Not just that we've uh, Dylan Napa this week. He played for a whopping 57 minutes, which is an enormous effort for a prop. And he's taken, since Tolman's been uh, put on the bench, he's been taking more minutes. He made 56 metres. Suaso Su, which I highlighted earlier, in 29 minutes, made 82. Uh, Napa using his head, not just he had a, a very, very poor game. He uses his head, gets himself suspended. If it, if Steve John Jarlis goes by his dropping of big players like Dallin Watani Zalesniak, uh, putting Tolman onto the interchange bench, I've got a fear that we might have been the last time we saw Napa this year. Well, I don't know about this year, but you might miss a couple of extra games as, uh, as well off the back of that. Um, I reckon we'll see him again this year. Uh, it is disappointing. The interesting part was he's probably lucky to stay on the field. Because um, yeah. the referee was so confident in uh, putting him on report for leading with the head. And during the game, they didn't show any replay or whatever. I've seen footage later. It's clear that he did it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So it's lucky he actually stayed on the field and not telling the bill for foul play there. Mm, I mean, I don't know. He's, I don't know if that impacted him because it could happen in the first half. But it it is a very poor game. Not just he gets suspended, he's very little output. He's probably one player that you've you probably highlight, unfortunately, that just didn't have a good game. It was a very good team effort. It was very good at just Dylan Harper. I'm not too sure what's going on. All right, let's go. Uh, let's move away from the game. We'll head into uh, news throughout the week. Uh, one of the biggest losers this week, Kieran Boren. It's been reported that the Bulldogs have pulled their one-year offer to forward worth $300,000 with $100,000 as an extra incentive, uh, playing incentive, that is. Apparently, he's chasing a three-year deal that looks likely to finish his career where it all started with the Manly Seagulls. Reaction? Uh, if he's, I told you before in the thing that if we were going to sign him one year's max, he's too... It's too... Dangerous, unfortunately, to sign someone like Kieran for two or three years. Um, so the answer for me, if he if he's not happy for one year contract, and he spoke about it before, how he owes the club everything and needs to repay them, I thought he'd have jumped at the one year offer. Um, so if he wants two years or more, I'd be saying thanks for your service and goodbye. I'd be happy to go for two years. I wouldn't be happy to go for three years. Um, and I don't think I'd be happy to go much more than the $300,000 offer. So I think it's a good decision by the club to pull the offer. Uh, but in saying that, I think we desperately need to go into the off-season and buy another half. Mm. Matthew Burton. Matt Burton. Hopefully, yeah, 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 I, wanna, I actually would, wouldn't mind him and Cogger to start the season. I know Cogger doesn't have a contract for next year just yet, but I like Cogger. <laughs> He's looked good so far. All right, it's also been reported that Dallin Watelli Zalesiak is uh, on the out of the club. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't a massive story. It was in the bottom of another story, in the fine print. 
but yes, uh, reports are that um, oh, we'll we'll get into that in a second. That we're possibly chasing Charlie Staines uh, to play fullback, and that would leave DWZ on the outer, considering we've already got Mealy uh, Hopperwani Kotrick. Interesting. It wasn't a a fall from grace for him though. Represents his country not long ago. Captain his country. Captain his country. Yeah. Yeah. 2018, 19. Yep. Yeah, he's captain his country. Done an enormous job. He played for the All Stars earlier this year. The Mary All Stars. Fantastic in that game with the Mulvey yeah. All Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah, he was enormous. It was it gave you excitement. He started the year at fullback last year. He we came into the Bulldogs again, looking a bit poor. Walks into the club, comes as fullback. Despite some losses, we got into a string of wins, and he looked like the savior. Of the club. Now, fast forward at 12 months, if there was New South Wales Cup, Dallin would be playing fullback in New South Wales Cup, I'd imagine. And yeah. I'm wondering if it's got anything to do with uh, losing Corey Howie and Lyra for the club. Both played at Pillar together. They're reported to be really good mates. Um, I wonder if something that's happened there has uh, affected Dallin's playing performance. But uh, that's just hearsay. Uh, I'd hope he doesn't go. But I hope he improves on his performances and get back to where he was last season. Mm. Terrific player. Um, mm-hmm. And on that, almost any player that's off contract at the moment, Scott, or looking for a new club, is currently being linked with either Ask the Bulldogs or the West Tigers. So today the club has been linked to Penrith youngster Charlie Staines, as I just mentioned a second ago. Uh, he's a young fullback from Forbes who scored four tries on debut on the wing for the Panthers and has scored six tries in 100 minutes of his LRL career. <laughs> the Forbes Ferrari, eh? Yeah, uh, Nick Lady Vlad, didn't <laughs> they? The Ferrari. Yeah. He is quick. He's quick as lightning. I don't know. He's one of these players that I know he could be like by the looks of it, looks like a superstar winger. I mean, I would love to have someone with that speed come to the club. But you know, is is full I know he's played fullback in reserve grade, but do you think he'll make a good fullback? Or do you think he'll take away or add more? I don't know. I haven't seen uh, I think he would be a good fullback eventually. I reckon he'd probably benefit from a couple of years on the wing there. Yeah, because some players, there's nothing wrong with being a winger. Like, look at Brett Morris. Yeah. You know what I'm How many years is he? He's played fullback a couple of years, and he was happily went back to the wing for the Bulldogs. And you know when you see that happen and a winger, a fullback goes to the wing or something like that, and they're not playing the preferred position, they pull their... I'm not happy with the club anymore or this. Brent Morris has never done that. He has just played on the wing and just been a superstar at the wing. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, sort of comparing him to uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, Greg Inglis. Yeah. Coming to the side, uh, Roger played on the wing at the Roosters before getting an opportunity at fullback. He came in to learn uh, the pace of the game, what's it like to be an NRL player, or uh, game plans in the NRL, all that sort of stuff. Got used to it, then got... Uh, uh, switch to his favourite position, but also a position that's more demanding than the wing. Mm. Like uh, Anthony Minicello? Yeah, Anthony Minicello did it as well. Greg Inglis uh, came in as a centre, 5'8". Uh, was always a fullback when he was a youngster. Mm. Billy Slater was there, though. Got a chance to play uh, fullback later in his career. I mm. think Charlie, a couple of years on the wing. You never know, we still got Hopper Whitey, maybe. Buy Charlie, put him on one of the wings. Stays there for a couple of years. Hopper Whitey retires in a couple of years. Stays as a fullback. Mm. I mean, if you had Staines and Jake Avarillo on the same side, you'd be murder not to go from a scrum with a kick play. Yeah, that same side. And just Puts, let him run. <laughs> nah. 
put Staines at fullback and Avrillo at 5'8". Straight through the middle. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I, yeah, I like that. But you would almost be, like, if you had a, someone, like, you could almost put a halfback at lock in, like, you know, those those trick plays? You'd have yeah, to yeah. practice a kick over Strong in the middle yeah. and have, like, both your, uh, like you said, your fullback there and your 5'8". <laughs> go for the ball. There you go. Okay. Kind of like uh, Luke Patton and Brayford Lassie used to do following Brent Sherwood's kicks. Uh, speak, speaking about speed, uh, we've also been linked to Josh Adokar as well, uh, although it is more likely that he'll probably sign with the West Tigers. And today I read that we've been linked to Manly Trio, Belize Farnu, who's currently on the NRL no-fault stand-down policy for stabbing somebody, uh, Corey Waddell and Jack Goshevsky. Yeah, I actually had that written down. Uh, I wouldn't sign Manis Fanu why he's, or even look at him, to be honest, why he's on this no-player stand-down thing. I think he's got uh, another year at Manly as well. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, he's allegedly, I'll say allegedly, stabbed someone at a church car park. Yeah. Fascinating place to stab someone, <laughs> out of all places. Uh, so it, it that's a bit concerning. I mean, obviously he's, can prove his innocence. If he proves his innocence, then you know. But uh, what do you think about Corey Riddell and Jack Goreski? I need to learn how to say his name if he comes to the Gushevsky. club. Gushevsky. Gushevsky. It's a bit of a got a Russian feel to it a little bit, doesn't it? Um, they're workmen second rowers, aren't they? I do like Jack, except for his hair. Yeah, well, hair aside, uh, they're workmen second rowers. Uh, and I wouldn't mind about the club. However, we've got quite a few of those type of second rowers at the club already. Mm, and you got someone like Raymond Fatale and who's just had a hell of a season in the second row. So then you look, we've got that Matt Dory yeah. there, and you go, well, he's the young, he's the young, the young kid on the block who's already pushed Josh Jackson into lock. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of think maybe not. I mean, Jack might be that player maybe you have one on the interchange bench and jack might be that player he covers center for mainly quite a few times this season i've seen so if i had to go with anyone there you probably i'd probably swing towards jack just because he Kishevsky. has played center it just will we'll come up with a different name later uh but we'll put him at center oh sorry we put him in the interchange bench but he can cover center he's actually done okay at mainly covering center off the interchange bench he's got a few tries he gives the go but like you said workman second rowers I'd probably uh, no, not at the moment. Not at the we've, moment. We've already got it covered, unless yeah. the players leave or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Josh Adekar? I'd have said that uh, it does look more likely that he'll sign with our arch enemies, nemesis, uh, the West Tigers, who have been in this twice this year. Um, but uh, what are your feelings of Josh Adekar being at the Bulldogs? Well, he's another one who wants to play fullback now. All of a sudden, he's got a new management team and wants to play fullback. Well, that's what's being reported. I don't think he does. I think oh. he wants to be signed as a fullback and then well, play on the wing. wing. Yeah, he's because a Because super... then you, you get more money. Yeah, he's a superstar winger. There's no doubt about it. He's an absolute freak. Like, he just scores tries for fun. But the only issue I have with Josh Adokar is he left Sydney at one stage to get away from trouble. He's now coming back to Sydney to get back to his family and that was a re- like one of the reasons he left. So it's kind of like he's coming he is back. Like, he is a lot older, though, and a lot more mature. So Yeah, and then he has he has very, very 
big opinions. I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes it takes away from the game. And I don't know. I mean, not to go down like saying he's right or wrong or anything like that. It's just that uh, he comes with headlines and some of them are not overly positive. So, I mean, you'll take his talent any day. It just... He could be the type of player that brings other players to the club, though, as well. Oh, yeah. Could you, course... could you imagine having Anna Carr on one week and Charlie Staines on the other? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be incredible. Talent-wise, then... anyway. Yeah. All right. I think we'll leave it at that, Scotty. We'll come back and review... Oh, sorry, preview the upcoming game this weekend. And, uh, of course, Old Dog. Okay, I'm now going to tell you something that's really starting to bug me via the fans on the social media, if it's Twitter or Instagram, is the fact that Aiden Tolman is copying a lot of hate. Aiden Tolman is a workhorse, a player who plays for a lot of minutes. He's up there for a top of a couple of players this season on our awards. Aiden has copped abuse after the try he scored on social media against against the West Tigers recently on the weekend after him pushing support with Jeremy Marshall King. Marshall King made the break, and it was a beautiful run for Marshall King when he then was spun out and, I believe, lost all bearings and passed the ball back in the inside to Tolman, who then crashed over and scored a try. A lot of fans saying he almost didn't score the try. Why, what's he doing? He stole a try. The matter of fact is we should be encouraging the push support that Aidan Tolman constantly does. That is winner's effort. That is a player who wants to win at everything, which is a which is a culture that we need in our club. So what I'm going to say is that the play, the people who are saying this against Aidan Tolman, oh, he almost didn't score a try. The fact is he did. He scored the try. So why are we playing negative on someone like Tolman who's worked for a lot of work? It was pretty uh, late in the second half. Yes, I know he started off the bench, but he played a big chunk in the first half. It was in the middle of the second half period. There is a lot of excuses for Aiden not to be anywhere near the play. But Aiden has a chi- the, the championship attitude and followed through. It's a great team like he's a great team member. Uh, so Aiden, keep up the good work, mate. You're pushing support. Uh, you've got two tries this season, which is enormous. It's always great to see a front row a score. We absolutely I absolutely love it. I know a lot of love rugby league fans absolutely love it. I also love the fact that even though you've missed a few games due to a COVID scare, you're still beating Parramatta Eels winger Blake Ferguson on the tries. Scotty, just before we get into uh, the preview for this week against the New Zealand Warriors, uh, last week, the New South Wales Harvey Orwell's Women's Premiership, the Bulldogs, took on the Rabbitohs. It was the first ever official match at the LSWRL Centre of Excellence at Olympic Park. It was on Monday night, uh, Due to an injury, unfortunately, to Bulldogs half Emily Rains, with 25 minutes left to play, the game was called off. The Rabbitohs were up 12-6 at the time, and the New South Wales Rugby League officials have stated that the result will stand. South Sydney defeat the Bulldogs 12 points to 6. I think that's a bit unfair. Uh, nobody can control injuries, especially one so bad that it's called an entire game off. However, 25 minutes left on the clock... Only six points the difference. How can you say that's a win to South? Well, first of all, I want to wish Emily Rains all the best in her recovery. Because it must have been you in that. Must have been a terrible injury to call off. You've seen broken legs before and like you know, obviously they probably don't have the uh the facilities that you know all players have, if it's Medicab or whatever, to get players off or having the right as much medical personnel out there. So 
wishing Emily all the best in the, her recovery. But yes, I 100% agree with you. 25 minutes left, 12-6. It wasn't 48-6. It wasn't It wasn't a 20-point lead with 25 to go. Even 20-point lead, you go 25 minutes. It's plenty of time. Um, but it takes my memory back to Remus Smith, who actually broke his leg against the Dragons in Wollongong in New South's Cup game. But this one only had, like I think, two or three minutes left, and the Bulldogs were winning by like 30-plus. And I had to call the match off because the ambulance took a while to get there before they moved him. But that's a much different story when you're winning by 30 or three to go, or two minutes to go. I do agree with you. Unfortunately, counts as a loss. And this week, we actually got the bye. So, so two points coming to us. Yeah. I hate buys. I hope we don't see buys in the NRL in the next couple of years with the talk of the 17th team. But that's another podcast. All right, Scott, this week, the Dogs play the Warriors at ANZ Stadium. The team has been announced. Topawadi back from his six weeks off with an injury. What was it? Eight. Eight weeks. There you go. Nick Mealy on the wing with Remus Smith, Silters of Tibbet Lafay, and Kieran Holland. Halves are Kieran Foran and Jack Coggy yet again. Forwards are Ogden and Torman. Hookers, Marshall King. Second row, Dury for Tower Mariner. And Josh Jackson, the captain, has moved to lock. On the bench, Sione Katoa, Luke Thompson, Soaso Su, and Jake Avrillo. In the reserves, Renoff, Tourmunger, Dalonwa, Tilly Zalesiak, Chris Smith, and Lachlan Lewis. Well, I've highlighted a few talking points. First of all, we spoke about how great has it been to have Nick Meany at fullback. Well, it's gone. It's over. <laughs> Hopawadi's at fullback this week. Uh, I thought Hopawadi honestly played some really good football at fullback. Yeah, he did. He's yeah. a different type of fullback, though, isn't he? He's slower. Uh, less support play, but his ball handling and uh, ball skills w- a lot better than Nick Meany. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the passing, the quick pass. He can pass when he's getting hit as well. He's relatively accurate, which is very hard to do. His hand skills are great. He can, he can catch it very low as well. I don't think there's a maybe many better. He can catch it on the ankles and still continue on the run. However, I've said it before, we had Hopawati at fullback last year and then at a certain stage, we had Meanies and Hopawati. Uh, we had an issue of Hopawati uh, last year where he was just very much pass, 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 and not run. So the defense sets to the actual passing. Uh, then we had someone like Nick Meany, who was some uh, run, but he just seemed for some reason last year stopped push support as much until this year. And then someone like Dallin came in, he goes run first. Or run yeah. only through brick walls. <laughs> and Hopawati was successful because the passing game was good and then everyone realized that he wouldn't pass. Yeah. Dallin was successful because he was the complete opposite of Will Hopawati, is that everyone was defending as the fullback will pass the ball and Dallin just ran through gaps. And that's what made him successful. Nick Meany, in my opinion, has developed a decent passing game, not as good as Hopawati's. Hopawati's the best one of the best passing fullbacks I actually think in the game. But he's also got a running game. And I just feel I would have kept Nick Meany at fullback. And plus being younger in the future and everything like that. But that's just my opinion. Could be. It could be. Um, I've seen a couple of clubs swap positions depending on what part of the field they're on. Nick Meany could be the fullback from uh, our own half of the field and switch to Hopalati in the attacking half, get the extra ball player. That mm-hmm. might, be, might have been a thing to look into. Uh, this week, Hopawadi, the Tongan fullback, takes on the New Zealand fullback. So what a clash if you uh thinking about not watching the game. Watch it just for that. I like that. You should be doing the ads. 
<laughs> uh, this week, I reckon, Scotty, we will break our drought and we'll get a win. Oh, big call. I feel big like core. both. I feel like both teams, performance-wise, have been up and down, up and down. I think the Warriors have been not too bad lately, but I feel like they might be coming in for a bit of a lull period, and uh, we might be coming good after just losing by one point to the Tigers, the West Tigers. Yeah, you got to kind of feel that the Warriors. I mean, playing some pretty decent football. I thought they played really well against Penrith, being on the losing side. Uh, you kind of feel that, you know, the season's still the season's still got some life in it. They've got to. You pretty much think they've got to win every game to have a chance. Uh, but you kind of got that feel with the Warriors. If they're going to lose a game, they're going to lose against last. <laughs> it's kind of got that type of feel with them. They I feel like, like that every year with him, don't we? Yeah, so I do agree with somewhat, but they are like they're still in the strike rate for the finals, which is enormous for a team who's based themselves in a different country for the big chunk of this uh, season. Uh, I've for, uh, I've just highlighted a few things. Sorry that uh, talking points of this lineup: Marcelo Montoya who Steve Allen says one of the best names to say in rugby league is not on the side, <laughs> nor the 21. Uh, so he got thing. Uh, so what's your thoughts on that for Marcelo to get the ax pretty much for Hopawati, really? Yeah. So he's just uh, him or Holland. I'd have to say I'd prefer him. Yeah, that's Hopper what I was. Performances this year, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe yeah. goal kicking is the reason. What's Nick Meany Holland, Holland was kicking last week, even though Meany was in the team, and Holland hadn't kicked all year. So maybe there's a, a slight injury in the kicking foot of Meany or something like that. Well, Nick Meany's sure. got the most goals for the Bulldogs this year of 18. It's not a great stat. No. I, it's, <laughs> this that's far usually, into the season. <laughs> that's usually what you come up with. Stat the of the week. week. <laughs> there we I go. think I might have hit it. Uh, so, yeah, so no Monsella Montoya. I agree with you. I would even, even play Monsella in the centres. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I feel like he was okay at centre when he was playing next to Christian Crichton early in the year when he came from injury. Then he took the spot. Now he's gone. So I don't think he was having too bad of a year, especially coming back from injury. Uh, Cogger gets to keep his spot in the 17. So Lachlan Lewis, I suppose you could say, officially dropped in the side. I, I was going to be very hard for Lachlan to get back his number seven jersey after the performance of Jack Cogger on the weekend against the West Tigers. Yep. Yep, they could yeah, also... I 100% agree, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Why would you change... Like, we talked about it earlier. Those... Uh, was mainly at fullback, even though he's not this week. Uh, Foran and Cogger working together. It was a great combination. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King in the starting lineup. For me, I just spoke about earlier. I mean, if you were listening earlier, I said he gets better when he plays reserved uh, cap minutes. And he played a, a really blinder of a game in like 30-odd minutes in a game. And now he gets back in the starting lineup. And I thought, and I did highlight Sianni Katoa as well. And I'm a bit confused about this one. This one's a noodle scratcher. Uh, unless if they, I don't know, but Marshall King, he played brilliantly, but I feel like he just adds so much off the bench. There's nothing wrong being a, a good bench player. And I feel like he could be a really good bench player, like a really good impact player, like a, like a Craig Wing type of thing cover multiple positions, have a bit of speed about you. So that's what I could I feel about Jeremy Marshall King. I don't know about you. I don't know if you want him to start or be off the bench, but that's just my feelings. I, I agree. Impact player off the bench. Yeah, awesome. This is awesome. Awesome viewing. Uh, uh, Aiden Tolman, 
gets back in the starting lineup in the bizarre number 10 jersey that I don't come accustomed to, replacing Dylan Napa, who's been suspended. I like Tolman in the starting side. I feel like Tolman's got to play big minutes. I mean, the try-scoring machine. Uh, yeah, so what? like Tolman in the starting side? Yeah, I don't think I think it's the type of player that you don't put on the bench. He's either your starting prop or does, nice. doesn't play. Okay, yeah. yep. Uh, like we spoke about before, Josh Jackson's shifting to lock, so the back row has been had a bit of a reshuffle, and the young, the young man who's now made a bit of a name for himself, he's already a fan favourite already. Matt Dury, two. Po- Did he get two points from you again? Sorry, he's in the starting yep, side. Yep, two points yep. from here for last week. Looks like he looks like by imagination. I'm looking. I'm guessing Raymond keeps his spot in the as the left side, and Matt will go to the one where he actually trained in last week, despite covering for Raymond. I I rec- it'll I like be interesting it. to see how Jackson goes at lock. He's played lock a couple of times before, and I haven't been the biggest fan of it. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how he goes this time. I wonder if he's going to try to play more like a ball player. I hope so. A bit more like Adam Elliott than he did previously a couple of years ago. I All hope right. so. Well, I was going um, to just add the Luke Thompson on the bench. Yeah, well... No, I just meant like he, he opinion-wise. He could be some... He's got fast legs, for sure. Might have been, he's been, uh, first couple of appearances were quite good. He's been a bit disappointing since then, I thought. But at the same time, he hasn't had much of a, uh, like a preseason or a warm up into the game, has he? Into the yeah. competition as well. And they've all had a, all the other players in the comp have had a head start on him. He was a bit late to the party. Uh, so off the well, bench, using that leg speed could be good impact. Well said, because I 100% agree. I reckon the best we'll see of Luke Thompson is in 2021. I think he's been good. He's been solid. Some games a little bit quieter than others. But like you said, they had the training. The COVID period was much longer for the Super League players where he was starting the year at. He had a much bigger break. And then he had the two weeks of hotel quarantining uh, gym workout. And then I said before I would have given him another week off just to train. But yeah, he's, he's always going to be a little bit behind the pace. He needs a full preseason and... And I reckon we'll see Luke Thompson or Tomo unleashed in 2021. All right. We'll finish this chat with saying that the Warriors and the Bulldogs have played 38 times in their history. Bulldogs 21 wins and 15 losses for two draws. So seven more wins for us than them, Scotty. Interesting enough, though, we've only scored 852 points against the Warriors. They've scored 882 against. Interesting. So that tells me when they beat us, they do it well. They do it really well. They've scored more than 30 points extra than us in head-to-head meetings, but lost seven more games than us. That's crazy. That's the start of the week. There we go. That, that is what it is. There. Snuck it in there. All right, it's time for Old Dog. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a surprise that who Old Dog is this week. You know I like my connections, my links. Uh, former Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog legend. Uh, former Warrior legend. A Queensland representative, Australian representative. It's the former captain, Stephen Price. Yeah, what a legend. <laughs> You've used that word a few times there, but it definitely fits a true leader. Uh, he never looked right wearing a Warriors jersey, did he? Well, uh, he did miss a few. I do remember. I can't tell you exactly because I was actually trying to find it last night, but he did miss a few games every time the Bulldogs came to town or the Warriors first, came first, to yeah. yeah, first two or three years he was a Warrior. I think he missed the games against the dogs for injury or origin selection or something. It's mm. always a reason. But what are the 
going back on uh, Steve Price, who actually doesn't get spoken about as, I suppose, a Queensland legend or an Australian legend, he pay, he played 28 games for Queensland. And he did this between 1998-2000 and haven't, he didn't get it in 2001, then 2002-2009. Uh, that's enormous. He retired in 2009. So he went to be a Queensland player all the way to the end, pretty much when he re- realistically, yeah, like he, did, he was very young when he started at Queensland, very new into his career, and he played towards the end, until the end. 28 games, you don't really get him, he's a very underrated Queensland player. When well, you if, you could, if you combine Origin, International, and LRL, so talking first-class games, he played 357 games. That's enormous. It's incredible. Yeah. If, when you're thinking about all the... Uh, uh, and, and rightfully so, but all the talk about Cameron Smith 400 and James Graham 400. Uh, we're talking about a player that retired in 2009, playing you know, just short of 360. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's just almost like he, he played 28 games for Queensland and he doesn't get up there as recognised. That's a lot. That's three times a year you get to play Origin. He was, the, people... cor- he was the cornerstone of that pack. Yeah. Especially in the early 2000s, especially. But, um, the webcam well, in the Siva yeah. price. Is, was there a better prop combination in the game? Probably you know, not. Three, an, like an origin period like that? It was a scary. Like, just being a new, being, us being New South Walshman. Yeah. Love scary, Steve Price. Ah, uh, so yeah. And then he played 16 games for Australia, which is massive. A massive achievement again. Someone who's underrated in that, into uh, in that representative frame. I just feel like he doesn't get the accolades he deserves when he he's he played it. You don't play twenty eight matches or sixteen matches re- representing football without obviously being great. He just did his job really well. But for the Bulldogs, he played two hundred and twenty two games. I I like it two two two. He scored twenty two tries, so two 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 for two two. <laughs> he. 136 wins, a winner, a real, real winner. Off, yeah, and, well, compare it to 80 losses, it gives him a 61% win rate. Yeah, six, six draws as well. Throw that in there, but 61% win rate, uh, from uh, 94 to 04, so 11 seasons. Mm. That's incredible. It's yeah, he's a real leader, a winner. Uh, heartbreaking when we found out he went to the Warriors, heartbreaking when he missed the grand final. Yeah, I mean, double whammy. Like, uh, but it was, supposed, it was supposed to be his send-off, wasn't it? The mm. big farewell for a Bulldogs club captain. And unfortunately, he missed it. It you was replaced by JT, I believe. It was the yeah. first that actually replaced him. Willie Mason pushed up and Rennie Matua, I believe, yeah, yeah. the starting lineup. Uh Funny thing is, actually, the whole week was if... I don't know how much... I'm pretty sure you remember this because I'm sure we talk about it all the time. Brad Fittler played his last game in the 2004 Grand Final. Yep. And the talk leading up to the week was, do it for Fittler. Do it, do it for Brad. The, in the Roosters camp, I'm talking about. Yeah. And the Bulldogs knew it was going to be hard because Fittler was an absolute legend of the game. Uh, but not many people spoke about doing it for Steve Price, which was a big motivation to do it for Steve. Like He couldn't be on the field. He wore his number 10 jersey, clapped him on. The field, a lot like, of people, a lot of people, the Bulldogs did though. Oh, yeah, a that's lot what of I'm people saying. connected to the Bulldogs and the fans definitely did. You oh, know, the, yeah. wi- the wider media and the wider fans, probably not. Yeah, exactly. And 
He sat on the interchange bench the whole game with his Bulldogs jersey on in the rain. He didn't choose to go up the coach's box. Yeah. He's he's, on the, he, he was on the interchange bench yeah. sitting there. And I love the touch that it was very unlikely he was going to play the 2004 grand final. I love the touch by Steve Folks to give him the number 10 jersey. Yeah. Uh, it was a beautiful touch. I thought it was lovely. Uh, yeah, but he does. He walked. He was a ninety nine, a nineteen ninety five grand final winner. So he is a grand final winner of the club. Uh, back in his days, we've been the second row, but he then went on to play ninety one games for the Warriors, which I actually when I was doing the research, I didn't know exactly how many games. Ninety one games, so many games. He could have probably finished off a hundred. He had a few injury problems. He scored thirteen tries for the Warriors too, so he turned into a try scoring freak at the Warriors. Just a bit like Aidan Tolman at the moment. <laughs> Uh, must happen to props later in their careers, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're more mature, I guess. I that was, was that a motorbike outside there, was it? Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it. Sounds right. like it. <laughs> uh, but 91 games, you you said a bit of a bit of a try score for the Warriors. Never looked right in the Warriors jersey. Uh, a Bulldog at heart. He's back in the Bulldogs board at the moment. So still affiliated to the club. Daughter yeah, playing the head Super... Head of football. Now is Leah. Mm. And he's, his daughter playing Super Netball as well. So a bit of a sports gene across. So a bit different of a thing. But what I remember Steve Price was mainly, one of my favorite things was the, and actually Brave Vanessa said this in commentaries, the actual charge downs he used to do. How many times did he score a try off that? The, yeah, I've never seen someone Change charge. momentum, score a try, or put a team into a good field position. Absolutely. Charge downs was definitely a big part of his, well, for what he was known for. Mm, that's just something I really remember him by. Uh, man, you would love a Steve Price now, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You know what I love about old dogs, Scott? What's this? <laughs> you haven't said it to me. What I love about old dog is that no matter what's going on in the NRL for the Bulldogs at the moment or how bad things get, we get to finish the podcast with a win. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, guys. Scott, do you want to give out the socials? Yes, I actually do because I did write them down again. Follow us on Twitter or give us a tweet at NRL Bulldogs fans, Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Uh, give us an email, flick us an email at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. That's how you get in touch with us. Till next time, guys. Bye.